an all-time game five to clinch an NBA championship. I'm out of breath, and the game has been over almost an hour. Let's have some fun. It is late on a Monday night. It's almost top of the hour, 11 o'clock, depending on where you're at. And um, we welcome you in. It's going to be a fun one. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. And we had uh, a a blast watching this game tonight. And we're going to do everything we can to to break this one down. Uh, Coming up on this pod, uh, I should say also, we, as always, are brought to you by the Four Frequencies Inc. Podcast Network with brand new episodes of Card Subject to Change every single Sunday. And there might be a special guest appearance from your boy here in the coming future. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we also got a bunch of new stuff. NFL season, fantasy football stuff is coming right around the corner. We have newsletter stuff, Substack. And, of course, we are going to be getting ready to probably put out some season previews, whether it be actual seat football well, I mean, <laughs> whether it be, you know, legitimate on the field record wise stuff or in your fantasy leagues, all those types of previews are going to start coming out now as we're about to get to the summer for the NFL season. And of course, ne- uh, check out in the next few days. If I had to guess, Danny and I are probably going to watch the game tomorrow. Game six, 2013 NBA finals, rewatchables, rewind. Danny and I are going to come on here. Uh, this is something we're going to do here during the summer. I wanted to do something like this last year. We're going to do it this year. Uh, we are going to start doing an NBA Rewind uh, series during the summer. And our first one is going to be the classic, probably the best game. Uh, one, of the, one of, if not the best games in NBA history, the 2013 NBA Finals. Uh, we're going to talk mostly about game six, but a lot of stuff that we're going to get into in that one. Can't wait for it. All right. Coming up on this pod, uh, one of the greatest. I mean, this will go down. It's ugly, but uh, it was an ugly rock fight. But this is going to go down as one of the best games in in uh, NBA history, uh, finals history, I should say, to close out an epic all timer. And the Nuggets are NBA champions, so our final NBA podcast of the playoffs. Let's talk some basketball. Listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. What's your frequency? Can it be shown? 
Oh boy. Let me be. Sit back and let me be your NBA. Let me let me take you through the NBA annals of history throughout tonight because a lot of different things have been wrote, have been rewrote, are going to be put in different contexts and depending on what you're a fan of, how you rank things. Tonight was a very important night for you. Um, we'll get to the majority of some of that stuff later, but overall tonight is a cause for celebration. The Denver Nuggets are, of course, the NBA champions, and they deserve it. This They are a worthy champion. They are uh, a fantastic champion. They were the best team in the, when you really look at it, the most consistent team all season long. And when it got to the playoffs, they were they put on a dominant run. One of the more dominant runs over the, I mean, only since in this century, only two teams that you can really think that you could compare them to dominance-wise are the 2001 Lakers, who probably are the greatest, uh, one of the two greatest teams of all time. And, of course, the 2018 Warriors. I think the only other team from this century that has a record as good as the, as the, um, as good as the Nuggets was the 2007 Spurs, which is fitting because I, of course, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, which, which, of course, is fitting because I've compared this team all postseason long, very Spursian, and I know that's almost the 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 way to do it. Whenever you have kind of a dominant foreign player on your team, and your style is a little bit boring, <laughs> you're just kind of the Spurs. Uh, but this team, just I mean it more in a professional way, with their ability to, you know, keep teams at arm's length. Don't they don't bullshit around. They don't, you know. They don't go out and just kind of throw games away. Uh, you know, even if they're up to nothing or whatever, they're going to come and give it to you. Like, that's the type of stuff you like to see. And I think over the last five or six years, we kind of lost our way with that in the sense of, like, uh, too many of these teams, especially in the mid-2010s, once the league got insanely diluted, uh, we got to a point where, like, some of these teams could just kind of coast and find ways. Look at the Cavs and the Warriors from you know for a good portion of that of the of that decade, uh, where I mean the game was in really bad shape. But now over the last few seasons, we have had I mean we've got five different champs in the last five years. We got the Raptors in nineteen, Lakers in twenty, Bucks in twenty one, Warriors in twenty two, Nuggets in twenty three. It shows that parity to a degree is back in the league, but it shows what it takes to, to win a championship. I think the Warriors are kind of the outlier of this group of five that we've had five different champs in five years right after the three and four years run from Golden State because the Warriors were, um, I think, other than the Raptors. The Raptors, you could say, stole a title because of injuries. Uh, but And I don't think you're totally wrong to say that. Because that Durant, you know, if Durant ever gets hurt, who, you know, I, who, it's tough to think that anyone was going to beat them four times in seven games. But last year's Warriors team really kind of found a way to steal a championship. The other teams, I thought, really, uh, I, I think 
Milwaukee to a degree as well with some stuff. The Lakers I thought were really, really good in 2020. Uh, and this Nuggets team I think is the best out of them. I think them and the Lakers are probably the two closest, but I think the this Nuggets team is sensational. Uh, I want to get into some Jokic stuff quickly. What he has done is is in, impeccable. I've got some insane, insane fucking numbers to get to. But when you just look at what he's done here lately, um, I want to just say he scored 28 points in a closeout game to win the title. And I people are going to look at it and be like, 28 points, that ain't shit. They scored 94. And I just want to put on a level of like how insane this is. Here is everyone's shooting numbers tonight for both teams. Kevin Love, one for four. Jimmy Butler, five for 18. Not good. We'll get to that later. Bam Adebayo, nine for 20. Gabe Vincent, three of 13. Max Struess, five for 12. Duncan Robinson, two for six. Caleb Martin, four for nine. Kyle Lowry, oh for, uh, four for 13. Cody Zeller, 0 for 1 in 61 seconds. You could argue that that 61 seconds lost the Heat the game. But regardless, um, for Denver, Aaron Gordon, 1 for 6. MPJ, 7 for 17, though he was elite tonight. He was really good, guys. Jamal Murray, 6 for 15. KCP, 4 for 10. Bruce Brown, 4 for 14. Jeff Green, 2 of 2. Christian Brown, 2 for 4. All of these guys played in a rock fight. In a game that the amount of points scored, 184, 183 was the total. In an NBA Finals game, these two teams combined to shoot overall, you know what, 71 for like 185. Jokic was 12 for 16. He missed four shots. He had 26 point, 28 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, dominant off on offense, dominant on defense. Listen, I understand that I there was about a month where I was starting to get a little fed up with how we viewed him. And I'm gonna get to that in a moment as well, because I'm gonna turn, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna to try to dunk on the Matt Morris of the world. Hashtag or a shout out to Hardwood Peroxicide or whatever the fuck his name is, uh, who are their whole thing is going to be over the next 72 hours is going to be like, oh, how stupid do you feel that you said he had to do it in the playoffs? Well, we're not. You have to do it in the playoffs to be at the level that he's at now because nobody in the top 20 to 25 hasn't done it in the fucking playoffs except for like James Harden, who we're about to, you know, history is not going to do well to to that motherfucker. Um, listen, when you look at the Jokic stuff, <laughs> what he's done, like, I, I must say, obviously he's the best player in the world. The gap, whatever we thought the gap was from Giannis to the second best player in the world, I think it's wider from Jokic to him. And I think Giannis is the second best player in the world, but what Jokic does, it's, it's incredible. And I always thought the deep, and listen, I watched so much fucking NBA. This isn't me 
gloating about how much basketball I watch. But the thing that pisses me off about how some of these people cover the sport is it insults people who actually cover, who actually either cover or watch the league that actually pay attention to it. And listen, I bullshit on the show, um, you know, to keep for my sanity, as you people know. But people actually cover this fucking league and um, watch the shit as much or more than I do, probably more than I do, and have a much more keen eye for certain things. You know, this Jokic stuff throughout the season, I at times was like, listen, I think the defensive stuff makes no sense. How how are his, et cetera, how do his numbers make him one of the best defensive players ever? Listen, he's not that, but watching in the playoffs, watching in this series, you see it. You absolutely see it. Just And it's not like him just shutting a guy's water off like Giannis. Giannis is obviously the best defensive player in the world. Let's just cut that shit. Uh, but Jokic is a, might be one of the smartest. Um, is he one of the four or five best at his position? Probably not. But his ability with his hands and his ability with his knowledge to play every p- spot, to knock balls away, to be in the right spot with coverage, that alone adds to his stuff. Now, let's get to the uh, last thing before I get to the to all of the people who are going to be yelling at me for saying how dumb I am and others are dumb for saying how he, you know, for, for us saying we needed to see it in the playoffs. Obviously, I don't listen. He deserved to win the MVP two years ago. It would have been MVPs except for Embiid or Embiid, but Embiid got hurt late in the year. I still think Embiid should have won it last year. I thought Embiid was the right call this year. Regardless, that doesn't matter. What he did in the playoffs, it obviously validates the MVPs. Um, People like me that were saying he shouldn't have won the third before all of this is just NBA history, man. It's how we do it. I don't think we should change rules for people. But uh, absolutely... It's on the board now that we have a LeBron-type situation, which is also crazy to think that LeBron won. F- I mean, listen, it, it just it states to the greatness, but LeBron won four out of five MVPs before winning two titles, which is pretty wild when you think of NBA history. Um, and he honestly could have, probably shouldn't, Dwight Howard should have won it in 2011. Uh, could ha- He has an argument for five straight. 08 or 09, 10, 11, 12, and 13. 12 and 13, obviously, I mean, you have to try to not give it to him. He 2013 should have been unanimous for him. He was the best player in the world. It was one of the greatest seasons in the history of the league by any one player. Um, I say all that to say this. Four and, four and five years now with Jokic and us saying, damn, why didn't we just allow him to have five straight? It's on the board. MVPs wise, and that alone is going to put him in another stratosphere. But before I actually give my opinion on where he should be ranked, I need to say this. Anybody that sits back and is like, well, you know, all you people are stupid for saying we needed to see him do it in the playoffs. Listen, obviously, you know, what this has done is validated that if Murray wasn't hurt, if Porter was healthy ish. If, if, you know, if they had their guys the last two years, who knows? 2021 was the year for them. I, them and the Clippers, 
I think when you look back at it, we're probably the two best teams in the West. Um, Murray gets hurt with a month to go. No, not even that, or more than that, because they didn't start the playoffs till like the till like the week before Memorial Day that year. So I guess yeah, about a month and a half to go, six weeks to go. Late March, he hurts his, he blows his knee out in Golden State. Uh, they come back. Um, they win in round one. They get swept in round two. I think the Suns were the third best team maybe in the West when you really go back and look at it, even though I think that Suns team was awesome. Probably the second best, and them and Denver were really close. I think the Clippers in 2021 got killed the most. If Kawhi doesn't get hurt, the Clippers probably win the title in 2021. Um, Last year, I mean, listen, Jokic obviously was amazing, and even though I think Embiid deserved MVP above him, just because of how great Embiid was last year, uh, 48 wins with the roster that they had was insane. And they were the sixth seed and had no chance against Golden State. So it obviously, it's a it's a little bit of both. It's like, well, how what have you done? And even though it wasn't his fault, he played great, you still have to make runs. Yan, we were, it was a four-week stretch from Giannis is an all-time overrated bum to he's one of the 15 greatest players of all time. That was four weeks. If Kevin Durant shoots, uh, you know, the old the joke, if Kevin Durant's shoe is six inches smaller and that's a three, Giannis, the, the, the Nets win that series. The Nets go probably go on to the finals. And Giannis isn't even top 50 all time. But instead, they win that series. Giannis, by the way, goes off in game six and seven after an insanely low moment in game five. Pulverizes his way to an NBA championship by one of the most dominating four-game stretches in NBA history. You could even say five-game stretches. One of the most dominant finals performance series in league history. Also uh, capped off by probably the best closeout game in league history. 50 points, 14 boards, 17 and 19 from the line. By the way, the guy never makes free throws. That was a four to five week stretch where Giannis was overrated all-time scale to one of the 20 greatest players ever. So don't get mad at people like me, your favorite media people that you don't like saying, yeah, let's see Jokic make a run. And guess fucking what, people? He just did. And now, on an all-time scale, he's one of, if he did not play basketball again today, great question to think about. Where does he sit on the all-time scale? If you're watching now, if you're listening, put in the comments. I'm curious. Where is Jokic on an all-time scale? If he never played basketball again today, if he went back home to Serbia, um, and you know, played, you know, rode his horses until the till the sun, the kid, the cows came, cows came home, rode his horses for the rest of his life. Where would he be? If you're listening in the car, listening in at work, whatever, text me when you hear this. I'm curious. I think right now he goes somewhere in the range of all time. If you're putting all the people on there, it gets a little murky because then it's like, where do you rank guys like? Oh, obviously, Jerry and Oscar are above 15. 
But where do you rank guys like Bob Pettit, George Mikan, stuff like that? So let's just go like 50 years because that's easy. Kareem's rookie season to now, so like 55 years. Where do you rank him? He's somewhere between 14 and 20 easily. In my opinion, he has passed guys like Carl Malone, James Harden easily, Dwayne Wade all time. I think he is in the uh I think he is in the the conversation with a guy like say you know with a guy like Dirk Here's some here's some guys all time I think he's easily passed. On the centers list, um he, he's passed McHale, he's passed Pat Ewing, he's passed probably passed David Robinson, multiple MVPs. Let's look at uh contemporaries. He's passed, he's obviously flown by Russ, he's passed Kawhi. He's passed guys like Iverson and Kidd in my book. He's passed Harden. He's passed guys like KG. He's passed Chris Paul. Um, I think uh, the question now, I would put him ahead of guys like Malone and Barkley, and I love Barkley. Um, and Malone, Malone's numbers are weird. It depends on who you listen to and who you trust for certain stuff. I think Carl Malone is like one of the weirdest NBA careers of all time. Um, I think he's better. Sorry, Nicole, if you're listening. He's better than Dwayne Wade all time. It's close, though. That's where it gets close. Like him, Dirk, and Wade. That's like the triple threat match, kind of, sort of. And the question then becomes, do you put guys like Malone and Barkley ahead of Wade? I don't know. I probably wouldn't because if you're thinking of what a championship means, what Wade did in 06 is pretty fucking remarkable. So, and honestly, if you really think, and it's not, Wade wasn't a lone act, though he kind of was. Dirk was a lone act with amazing role players. And Jokic wasn't a lone act because Jamal Murray is awesome. And we when we do our NBA top 50 players lists next year, um, and and whatnot, we're gonna be putting him in the top twenty. I mean, we are. He was the second best player on a finalist, a champion, I should say, and he was dominant in a lot of games. Uh, he he was man, he really was. Uh, so this isn't like the solo act that it was for Dirk, but Jesus, man, he's as do- he's more dominant than both of them. I don't think you can put him ahead of guys like Isaiah, Giannis, Durant, Malone, Julius. Those guys, you can't put him there yet, but he can get there. I don't think you can put him ahead of Giannis because when Giannis did win the first title, he was a couple years younger. Jokic is 28. I I think Giannis also being on the short list of guys to win an MVP and a DPOY in the same year, that to me matters. I think it's close. If you want to put Jokic all time ahead of guys like Dirk and Wade, then 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 it becomes obviously the contemporary that he's bashing heads with is Giannis. And look, at the end of the day, 
in the last 50 years, that's two of the 15 to 18 greatest players ever of all time. It's two of the 20 to 22 greatest players ever. So that's where he is all time. Where, where could he go? Let's say he gets, I said the other night on the show, this could be three and five years type of run. And I, if he could definitely win the next two MVPs, I mean, who's fucking stopping him? I mean, if if the Lakers, okay, the coolest thing would be if the Lakers are good and LeBron is good again, and people are probably thinking I'm nuts, but we got to remember LeBron averaged like 29 a game at age 38, and he was cooking fools before he broke his foot uh, against the Mavs and then came back hurt. and then had one of the better playoff runs you'll ever see from an old guy, then had the greatest old guy playoff game ever in game four against the Nuggets when they lost and got swept. If the Lakers are actually good from the start of the year and LeBron's good, people we're going to be clamoring for a LeBron MVP race just because it'll be kind of wild, but I doubt that happens. Devin Booker, like anyone listening that loves futures, I would sprinkle money on Devin Booker MVP for fuck it reasons. That'd be cool. I think that's in the world. That's in the realm of possibility. Wait to see where Dame Lillard gets traded. Maybe, but I, but again, highly doubtful on that one. He's going to be in the shortest of lists. But no one's given Embiid another fucking MVP after what he had, what happened to him. And Embiid's one of my favorite players. Probably my favorite player. But uh, yeah, shameful stuff. The way they went out. Um... So yeah, he'll be the he'll be the preseason favorite as he should. Giannis, you could think like revenge tour season. He had like a wilt type stat line this year, and we basically had it as an afterthought that he was an MVP MVP contender, which is hilarious. But uh, yeah, the two best players alive, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's second right now, and Jokic, Nikola Jokic. They're the two best players in the world. They're two of the twenty greatest players ever. Of the last 50 years, they're two of the 15 to 16 greatest players ever. And I I think that's where Nikola Jokic is at if he stopped playing basketball today. He is in the octagon with guys like Dirk and Wade. He is all he's in a separate match climbing the ladder to I mean, I think he just pulled down the belt to be the best, you know, a better big all time than Malone and a guy like Barkley. Uh, so yeah, this was an all-time run, all-time run. Here's some numbers for you to just kind of put into what, like what we saw all first player in NBA history to lead playoffs in all three points, rebounds, and assists 600 points, 269 rebounds, 190 assists. So that means for the playoffs, they played 20 games. Let's do math here. Cause I mean, it's midnight. Let's do some math. Uh, 600 divided by 20, 30 a game, 289 or 269, 269 divided by 20, 30, 13 and a half, and nine and a half. Not bad. Not bad. Um, from game four onwards against Minnesota, this is the run. 
game four, what they lost, but Jokic was insane. 43 points, 11. It'll all, it'll be in the order points, rebounds, assists, steals, uh, blocks for those wondering. 43, 11, 6, and 2, 57% from the field. Game four loss. Then 28, 17, and 12, 2, two, two and 2 to close out the, to close them out. Game two at home and another rock fight against the Suns. I think the final score was like 97 to 87. He had 39 of their 97, 16 boards, five assists, two steals, shot 56% from the floor. <laughs> uh, game, five, game four, they lost, but it was also, also remember Devin Booker and Kevin Durant went two straight games where they were literally gods. Jokic, it took them being gods to beat Jokic going for 53, 4-11 on 66% and 50 from three, and nobody else showed up. He then scored 30 a game, 11 boards, 12 assists combined in the last... Uh, or total in the last two games to close him out against the Lakers, 34, 21 and 14, 70% from the floor. Didn't miss a three close the Lakers out 30, 30, 14, 13, three blocks and a steal. Not bad. Also had the game winner game. One of the finals, 27, 10 and 14, one block 66% from the floor. Their only loss of the finals. He had 41 and 11. The first ever 30, 20, and 10 in an NBA Finals game, 32, 21, and 10 in game three. In game four, he had 23, 12, 4, 3, and 3. Bad game from Jokic. He almost had a 5 by 5 in a Finals game. Him and Giannis, man. And then tonight, and as we said earlier, a game where literally nobody else on the floor could hit shots. He only missed fucking four of them. He went for 28, 16, and four. He only had four assists because, again, the rest of the field, the rest of the game outside of him made like 12 shots. He missed four when the rest of the game combined missed close to 100. Insane to close the, to win a championship. It's nuts. What he did is nuts. All time shit. Uh, that was a 30 minute diatribe on Nikola Jokic. Not bad. Um, what I want to defend a tweet. Uh, Jimmy Butler, I said, Jimmy Butler sucks. And I think I mean that. Listen, man, as much fun as this heat team was for, you know, absolutely eviscerating the 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 bucks and then you know doing what they did to the Celtics their last i mean they lost seven of their last nine not great jimmy butler in those seven games not great he didn't have one real good game. Game seven. The last two minutes of game six against the Celtics in game seven, he was pretty good. He was awful tonight, and then he turned it on in the final five minutes, which, hey, I mean, we'll take it. Problem wasn't even the fact that he missed 13 shots. I don't give a shit. He should have shot 35 times tonight. 
Jimmy was on the cusp of this really weird thing. Like this was Reggie. He's he is in the Reggie Miller uh, clubhouse of like weird careers with like average to below average regular seasons, but all time playoff moments. It sucks because listen, in round one against the Bucks, he literally was looked like one of the greatest players ever. And in the Celtics series, what he did in the first two games was amazing. We'll always have the Grant Williams moment. We'll always have it. And in the finals, he was awful. He was awful in the finals. If he gives them anything tonight, they win. He was 5 of 18. The pro- I don't mind missing the shots, even though his jump shot looked like every time you pull up for two from 15 and in, in 2K. It's just red releases. I think Danny laughed at that when I sent him that text earlier tonight. I hope he did anyway. I put some effort into it. I don't mind missing the shots. Everyone in this game missed shots except for Jokic, which is still funny. He should. I sent to Tanner. I said, he needs to empty the clip. He needs to shoot 35 times tonight. I don't care. I don't care if he was 11 for 36. Fucking don't don't let go of the rope. No one else had it other than Bam and Max Struess in the first half. And man, Bam was amazing in this game in the first half. He was awesome. That first half from Adebayo was amazing. And again, whenever I say he's one of the 20 best guys in the league and people want to backlash me on that, I put that DVD in and I throw it at the wall and say, watch this. God, he was great. One for seven in the second half, though. Not good. But, listen, Jimmy was awesome in the final five minutes. He hit some shots. Can I say he was awesome? No, fuck that. I'm turning heel again. He sucked in the entire game. I don't care that he hit three. He hit two threes and got fouled on a third, which was a terrible call. Um, And I think he hit a jumper, or a little push out, whatever he had in the final five or six minutes. I think he had like 16 in the fourth quarter. I don't care. He fucking sucked. I don't care that he got hot late. He was terrible. And it's not just the fact, like, again, I don't give a fuck. Listen, you're missing shots. You're missing shots, man. That doesn't doesn't bug me. It's just his unwillingness to, at times, take over, be the man, be a man, for fuck's sake. Like, how many times are you under the basket? And he did it in game one, too, and I just don't understand. Just take the shot. You know, go for it. Just mind-boggling. Some of the decision-making. Now, I, I, I can't hate on him for the final five minutes. He was really good. But I just... Two for 12. Harden-esque bullshit through 40 minutes. Through 42 minutes. And then he decided to fucking flip the switch. Embarrassing. Honestly, uh, he was in rhythm and he passed up a chance to give them the lead late. He threw it away. I don't want to say he ran from the moment, but if this was other guys, we would be saying that the problem is Jimmy Butler has with what he's done has kind of parsed criticism but I think a hot take show conversation tomorrow should be that he kind of ran from it late 
even though he brought him not back, but he kept them alive because he was the only guy that could score in the final six minutes. But he got the turn the corner on Jamal, and I know Jokic was there, but he was in rhythm. You're in the paint. Don't stop on a dime and then throw the fucking ball away. I do want to give credit to Denver's defense, by the way, tonight, because they clamped. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was awesome. Blake motherfucked him. That was nice. Uh, he basically uncursed him. He still he couldn't hit a jumper, but uh, he hit one. He did one, and thank God he was so due. Uh, but he was great. Poor MPJ was awesome tonight. I thought he was awesome in the two games in Miami, too. He got better uh, just by cutting more, even though they didn't play him late. They didn't play him late again tonight because of defense. Like, he was better defensively, but whew, Bruce and KCP, man, moving them puppies, baby. Shout out to Cuffs. Um, KCP especially, at one point I thought died, um, came back in and was locking up. Um all around, man, there's so many. I've gone all this and not really mentioned Jamal Murray yet, and I feel bad because Jamal Murray is awesome, and I love him. And I said this after – I said this the other night, and I'll say it again. There was a moment in game three of the Lakers – game two of the Lakers series where I watched him go from John Starks to Clay Thompson or Steph Curry in the matter of a moment, and I will never doubt him again in a big game, even though in games five and or four and five he didn't shoot well. Uh, which is okay. It happens, but he didn't turn the ball over much in game four. He didn't turn it over at all. I mean, I'm sure he did tonight. Tonight was a fucking mess, but it was awesome. Um, he's just, he has made himself a lot of money because of the fact that he'll get all-star games. He'll get an all NBA cred now. I'm really happy for him and him have the moment on the stage. He's, just emotional as hell. And they bring him up to talk and the crowd just loses their mind. That was so cool. Kitchener, Ontario, man, they've got an NBA champion in Jamal Murray. I was really happy for him because he's gone through a lot and he was awesome in the bubble. You could argue he was better than Jokic in the bubble, though. I think Jokic was still really good. If you go back, you got to go back and watch those games that Jokic played. He was insane. Uh, But he was... At the they, they, they were close, you know. So he was right beside him as like running buddies on a conference finalist, and then they would have gone into the playoffs in 2021 as one of the favorites to win the West. And he blew his knee out, missed a year and a half. Who knows? I mean, the stuff that he had going through his mind, you can never know. We were wondering if he ever had it again. I will still remember the game. We realized he was back. It was early in the regular season, and him and uh, he was in Portland. Uh, and uh, he, him and Dame went back and forth late. He had a couple huge shots, and he hit one. He had a shot with like under a second left, and it was like the, the Denver people, the Denver uh, dudes were going like Jamal Murray's back. He's back, and it was so sick. Uh, I'm so happy for that guy. I really am. You have those moments. You're not really sure. Like I said, I can only imagine what he went through and what he was feeling. Like, I think there were people were talking about him talking to the coach, like, just don't give up on me. Don't trade me. 
I remember, especially before the bubble, we were looking at him to be moved for guys like a Brad Beal or a James Harden. And then obviously what he did in the bubble was sensational. But to have the 18-month to 24-month run that he had of just uncertainty and down on himself to now being a champion, to being an undeniable second-best guy, and it wasn't even like, listen, Jokic is obviously, we talked about how great he was, but let's not let's not under, underestimate how insanely good this dude is. Um. He is the utmost out overqualified number two, especially against with a guy like Jokic. Um, and I'm I'm very happy for him. I'm insanely happy uh, for uh, um, uh, for Jamal Murray, Kitchener, Ontario stand up, baby. You got yourself an NBA champ. Nate Dismit, my man, said they were meant to be. They were. They really were. Uh. I think this Nuggets team, I did, even though I had my doubts at times, because, listen, you never know about a team until they get there. Like tonight, even tonight, I'm texting Tanner, and I'm like, and this is, again, stuff I love so much about the NBA Finals and the NBA playoffs. This is like, how do you how do you bounce back from a terrible moment? Or how do you overcome being in a spot you've never been in before? And they did that to a T. And I was saying all night tonight, like with Tanner, I'm like, man, the thing is, is like when, I mean, they haven't all year and it's why I've been so impressed with them in the playoffs. But like, is tonight the night the Nuggets are finally going to feel like, holy shit, we can win the title. And it gets to them a little bit. I don't think it did, even though you could make the argument it, it did because of how ugly the game was. But I think also Miami played really good defensively. And their game plans were good. Maybe you could say that with the fact that they missed a fuck ton of open shots, but um, definitely from the fact that they played the way that they, you know, the fact that they were able to close the way that they did. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. They were meant to be. I think. After game two of the Lakers series, I was really like, God damn, they got it. They got it. Like, they're it. Like, they're. I knew the Lakers series was going to be tough as shit. Um, and they won all those games. They outfoxed LeBron. And every game was tight down the stretch. And they outdueled the Lakers. Which, I mean, again, like, that was itself like, holy shit. And just so impressive, man. Nate, you're right, 100% right. Nate mentioned in the USA versus international game. I know they talked about that for the All-Star game. I don't know if I want that. Because I don't. I think it'll... The reason I don't want that is because I don't think it'll allow... I don't think you'll get all the correct All-Stars if you do it that way. You'll be forcing it. Uh, 2014 Nike Hoop Summit. Is that the video going around about Jokic? Uh, um, the where the one of the draft express guys talking about him. That would make sense. <clears throat> but yeah, that's my uh, the USA versus international game. I 
I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if I'd like that. Just for that fact. Yes, sir. Young Bloods. Yeah, no, like, yeah, that's that that Nike Hoop Summit. Uh you're right. Yeah, I, I saw them talking about uh I saw some people tweeting about that. You know. Always remember that uh <laughs> Nicole Jokic was drafted during a fucking Quesarito commercial. Um so yeah, like I said, I'm so ha- happy for these guys, and and Nate hit the nail on the head. They were meant to be, they were the best team in the playoffs, obviously. But like, you know, I I don't think I overlook. I, I maybe overlooked it a little bit early because I thought the Suns could beat them. But I going into that series, I was like, oh no, never mind. Denver's winning in six, and then I knew the Lakers series was going to be tough as hell, and it was. It was bad. It was so tight. Um, but Denver was able to win all four of those games in. The way they did it was so fucking impressive. Um, and then in the finals, to have the team aspect with, to have the game they did in game four with what, uh, listen, obviously, look, game one, Jokic just goes off with assist. You have the weird game two loss, whatever. Game three, you have literally the only game in NBA history where you've had two 30 point triple doubles. Jokic has the 32, 10, uh, 30, 20, and 10 first and finals history. And game four was the most impressive before tonight just because, like, when your guys don't have it to an extent, uh, shooting on a scoring efficiency level, how do you win? And having in game three, Christian Brown having 17, 19 points, whatever he did, and then Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon and, God, a guy, I just can't, other guys I haven't mentioned yet, like, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown was on the nets, and they were using him as a small ball five. And he comes to the Nuggets, and he's literally playing the perfect spot as a as a sixth man coming in. He can be an offensive engine with elite, like just quick hitting ability because of his train, the way he can run the floor and his ability to slash. And he's in a fantastic defender. And Aaron Gordon goes from a guy who was maybe drafted a little bit too high, and in Orlando. And I didn't even, and I'm a Magic fan, and I didn't like the pick at the time. It didn't make too sense because I thought he was just too raw. He goes from this kind of unfinished, raw dunker athlete to, you know, where in Orlando they wanted him to shoot too many times and be a three points guy to spread the floor, and that wasn't his game. He gets, tra- he has a good year. He gets traded to the Nuggets uh, during at the trade deadline last year. And he becomes this perfect under the basket dunker spot cut and cutter, and becomes like their best defender, one of their better defenders, probably one of their two or three best defenders. And I mean, in the playoffs, he guarded Durant, he guarded LeBron, he guarded Butler, and did it effectively. I mean, and offensively, there were moments like we were like, man, the Lakers figured stuff out where you can't play Aaron Gordon. In game four of that series, in the closeout game, Aaron Gordon goes off. In this series, it's like, man, offensively, who knows? Or who knows what? Or I guess not really this series, but like this series, he had an amazing offensive series. Game the first quarter, game one, he goes nuts, helps him get the he helps gap the lead. Game four was the piece pace, however you say it, the pace de resistance of Aaron Gordon's career. 27, 7, and 6, or whatever it was. He was awesome in game four. And then tonight, um, battling, 
as Danny texted me when he blocked that Lowry shot, he blocked it with his armpit, and he kind of did. But, like, yeah, man, those guys are champs. Cantavius called the Pope. I mean, in the bubble, he was one of the most important assets on that Lakers team. I still can't fucking believe I'm not a Lakers fan, but I, I like I like what I like LeBron obviously a lot. Um I still can't I can't believe the Lakers gave him up for and Kuzma for Russ. It'll never I'll never understand that. Uh they certainly could have used him this year. And KCP was awesome tonight. He was awesome all playoffs. He had multiple huge games with big time shot making always was guarding the other team's best guard and he was just great pope is elite yeah at, at what he does yeah he's one of the better defender guard defenders in the league um and he's a guy that can kill you if you don't cover him as a shooter hit some big time shots to uh, uh hit some big time shots tonight and those are the type of guys Nate said knows his lane absolutely you need guys like that on teams like this to win titles. Um, someone said it, Colin Coward, Nick, uh, I believe, said it first. No, I heard Bill Simmons say it. Aaron Gordon kind of was this year's Andrew Wiggins, you know, and you could kind of, I don't, you can't really say that about KCP because KCP already won a title and was elite at what he did. But like Aaron Gordon went from like high draft pick misfit, put in the wrong situation to traded to the right situation and is elite at what he did. Last year, Andrew Wiggins, was sensational. He was the last year. Andrew Wiggins was the second best player on the Warriors in the finals. That is undeniable. And what Aaron Gordon did, he wasn't the second best player in this series. Nate said, Aaron Gordon, I'm so proud of. Listen, I remember where I was when he got drafted. I was living in Fox Point with my dad. I was laying in my room watching the 2014 draft, 2015 draft, whatever draft it was. And uh, Aaron Gordon got drafted by the Magic and I was pissed. He's come a long way, man. He has come a long way. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's he's turned himself into another guy who's, like, elite at understanding his lane, understanding his role. But um, the comparison to Wiggins, I thought, by some, some of those guys was really spot on. Um, and Bruce Brown, too, again, another elite role player. Jeff Green, man, think of what he's been through. Drafted by the Sonics traded to Boston, played on some wild teams, had open heart surgery, came back, was on the Cavs. He was game seven. We will always have game seven in Boston. Jeff Green, the game of his life, uh, the co-star to LeBron's epic Eastern Conference championship run in that game seven. Uncle Jeff is an NBA champ. Um, guys like DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, all like guys like that on the roster, cool to have. Um, the uh, and Bruce Brown broke hearts. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he absolutely did. Um, I I just very impressed with how this Nuggets team built. The question now becomes like, who can you keep? How do you work some stuff? And uh. That's going to be the thing moving forward, really, with them. Um, for But this is definitely a window now for them to get multiple. The only problem when you look at this league with how talented it is, and literally, 
the league has never been more talented than right now. Nate says, tell Jeff, get two assists. <laughs> I'd be rich. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Nate. That's funny. Um, God damn it. Uncle Jeff. Uh, man. Oh, what was I saying? Oh, with all the talent in the league right now, the one thing is it's is it is hard to be like, I'm gonna pick all I'm gonna pick these certain guys, certain teams, like you could just pencil them in. It's not like that. You know, the Nuggets are still probably gonna have the best team on paper next year because I doubt they'll lose much. Maybe Bruce Brown, but if I'm Bruce Brown, I know I'm wanting to fucking stay there. The only other, I mean, Bruce Brown is elite for teams that are trying to win the title. Like Bruce Brown would be elite on teams like the Nuggets, the Bucks, fucking the Lakers, even the Warriors, who I despise. Those are all types of teams that need a guy like him. Uh, the Mavs, if he was on the Mavs, that'd be great. Um, I'm going to be honest, the way Joker plays, they are unorthodox and unmatched. Let me see. I'm on. Let me see what you put here. Let me pull the iPhone out, Nate. You're throwing up gang signs. Uh, an unmatched, un unorthodoxed, and unmatched. Yeah, though, that's another thing, too, is I said this on the show with Danny the other night. They are, I said it a bunch, they are the smartest team in the league because they, A, get the easiest shots, and they, B, just always know where to be. So the question is going to be, you know, where do you know how much of this can they keep together? I think Christian Brown, number zero for them. I think he's a fantastic player. I think he will continue to uh to grow and get better. Um Nate put a TikTok in here. I'm gonna I'll watch it after the after this. I'm about to be getting off up here out of here soon, but I appreciate so uh you guys and Nate was uh showing a lot of love. Um I appreciate it, man. This has been fun. Uh, it's this. It's always great to sit back and I didn't think I'd go this long, but there's a lot of stuff you want to get to when you have a night like this. And oh, it's the 2014 team. Okay, okay, I'm pulling this up right now. Let me see here. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, I got you. I got you. I see it now. That's wild. <laughs> How about that? Legendary. And now they're here, man. Now they are here. NBA champs uh, together. Best duo in the league easily. Uh, Jokic supplants some of your favorite players. Favorite players? Maybe. Not many. No one likes Carl Malone. A lot of people love Barkley, though, and I'm one of them. Uh, <laughs> he supplants... Some of your got favorite players ever as an all-timer. He gets in the cage with guys like Giannis and uh, guys like Dirk and D-Wade on the all-time list. And he has the undisputed belt to uh, for best player alive. And the Nuggets are world champs. I want to thank everybody that's hung out with us tonight. Shout out to Nate. He was, he was bringing some fun tonight. Uh, shout out to Will as well. And I believe Alex, my guy Alex Teets, like the video during the show tonight. Um, we'll put, we're going to post the, the pod version. Uh, I'll post it 
I'll throw it up on. It'll be out on like Spotify and Amazon and iTunes and all that shit tonight and tomorrow. Uh, I'll put it on Facebook and share it in the morning. But uh, that's it for this. The next time you will see me will be probably. I mean, we'll shoot for maybe Sunday, but if Danny and I get through the game tomorrow, we could do Friday. Could do a Friday nighter, which would be fun. Uh, and that one will be. I don't know how fun that would be to lit watch live. I mean, it could be. I think there's not much of a difference, but like still. I can't wait because we're going to be doing our first NBA Rewind, and it will be the 2013 NBA Finals Spurs Heat. I think it's the greatest finals ever. I think game six is one of, if not the greatest game in NBA history, and we're going to do that. I don't, I'll put out here when we're going to do the show live, but Danny and I have to, we're going to rewatch game six. We're going to do a whole kind of thing on, on, and list talking about the season as a whole. The both of those teams that seer the playoffs that series, and then obviously the history of that game six and all of that. Um, uh, and I can't wait, it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be our first of, of a few we do in the summer. I wanted to do a few of these last year, but we just weren't able to. But now, living here, uh, and the time we're going to be able to, to have in some of these off days, uh. It'll be fun, man. I cannot wait. Danny is super jacked about it, too, I think, which I'm, that makes me happy because he's an NBA nerd like me, so I can't wait. Thank you all for watching. Like, share, uh, all the love. I appreciate it more than you guys know. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll put out on the socials whenever we do. We are going to decide drop it. It'll probably be like Friday or Sunday. That'll probably be when we do it. Uh, if I had to guess, we'll watch the game tomorrow. Can't wait for it, but uh, congrats to the Nuggets on the NBA title. Um, thank you all for watching. As always, this has been the Educated Ignorance Podcast. We did an hour. I did not think I'd do it, but goddamn, this was fun. Uh, as always, if you ain't got your game, you best pass the sticks. Uh, we will see you guys later this week. Until then, I'm Joe the Show. We'll see you guys. We're out. Peace. <laughs>